As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. What's up, everybody? It is time for another Friday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. It's Haley Salvian. It's Sean Gentilly. It's July 14th. Uh, Not much going on. This week. Sean, what's up? It's not true. There's two things I want to talk One, the SAG Astra strike. Hollywood, ground to a halt over the grotesque business uh, decisions of major studios. Appalling. We stand with we stand with the actors, we stand with the writers here at the Athletic Hockey Show. Okay. Also, this is an hour-long review of uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, which I saw last night. I'm going to talk about it for 54 minutes now. You're on the wrong podcast. The- <laughs> You're on the wrong podcast, my friend. <laughs> You're going to get me in trouble with Ryan Lambert. <laughs> Got some thoughts about the Grimace Shake too, and I want you all to hear them. <sighs> Okay. Oh, no, God. we're this is not... we're in such we're in such a dead period. We really are. I'm yeah. sorry. Like I was just and I, like, like the... this week specifically too in like the sports calendar. Uh, also MLB All Star break. <laughs> so for you baseball fans, not going to hear much baseball here unless you want to talk about the home run derby. It's just a dead week, and it's weird because there's still so much stuff to come. Like mm-hmm. There's still some free agents. There's still teams with players who are realistically on the trade block. Like, where's Eric Carlson going to go? What about Vladimir Tarasenko? What about the Flames? What about uh, the Winnipeg Jets? Like, there's still <laughs> chips to fall, but nothing is happening. 
What about the Flames? Uh, well, they only <laughs> traded Tyler to Foley so far. Yes, it is true. There's all they 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 have a lot of trade requests. Like what happened to the whole? Probably going to have to trade Lindholm and Backlund and Hannafin if you don't <laughs> re-sign them. Like it's middle of July. What's happening? You think they just go back to those guys? They're like, hey, you guys remember when you asked for that? Those uh, pretty crazy, huh? You I don't think it's actually... ever been confirmed that they are the ones that asked for trades. I mean, however, allegedly, I think okay. we can. <laughs> I think we can connect some dots here. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a dead week. So we're gonna do a mailbag for today's Friday show. Um, if you're upset that there aren't enough serious hockey questions, well, you should have sent in a question. But there first, are some like there's a yeah. decent amount. Yeah, we're gonna. There's gonna be a mix of fun. A mix of hockey questions. It'll be fun. We're having fun. Okay? <laughs> Forced <laughs> fun. Everybody enjoy this. Um, but before we get to the mailbag, we do have one bit of news. So Alex Galchenyuk was placed on unconditional waivers for the purposes of terminating his contract on Thursday. Um, of course, that was only 12 days after he had signed a contract with the Arizona Coyotes um, essentially for, for most of the day, there was speculation, people wondering like what happened here. That was going to be Galchenyuk's third stint with the Coyotes before getting put on waivers. And then our colleague at the Athletic Katie Strang reported on Thursday evening that Galchenyuk was arrested on July 9th on a number of charges, including private property hit and run, disorderly conduct, failure to obey, resisting arrest, and threatening or intimidating. That's from the Scottsdale Police Department confirmed to The Athletic. And regarding the hit and run incident, police said that it was, quote, only property damage and no injuries. A jail official said Galchenyuk was booked into city jail on Sunday evening and released the following day. According to court records, he was arraigned on Monday. So that is what led to him being put on unconditional waivers for the purposes of terminating his contract. Um, Sean and I don't have much to say about this because this really isn't a time for like analysis or takes. No. Um, we don't know Alex Galchenyuk. We don't know the extent of like what he's been through in his life. We know that he is somebody who has had troubles off the ice over the years, dating back to his time in Montreal. He's played for seven different organizations over his career. Um, you have to think that this was his last shot playing hockey in North America or at least the NHL. But like, really, this is a time to to be like gentle. Um, all the jokes and the memes. It's it's not it right now, guys. Like we don't. We don't know him. Let's 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 not be the assholes yeah. who make a joke and find out that he's been going through something serious in his life. Yeah, definitely. He just he was in Pittsburgh for a little bit. He always seemed like a a nice, you know. Uh, he was he was a, a very like low key, uh, humble guy to deal with. Like I, I think mm -hmm. he was quite quiet. I know Josh. Very randomly, I think Josh Yoey brought this up. Like I'm almost like shy. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, that's yeah. You just hope hope for the best, and oh geez, um, well, there's not much. There's not much else. There's not much else you can do about that, really. But no, it's it, it nope. is. It, it's a sad. It's always it's always sad to see someone who's clearly, 
you know, whether it's <laughs> you struggle with something today, that's for sure. And, and you just, you hope you're, you're glad that nobody got hurt and you hope mm-hmm. that it all works out for them in, in a positive way. I think, yep. I think that's all, I think that's all I got there. Yep. Absolutely. As I said, we don't have much to say because there really shouldn't be, this isn't the time for, for takes and jokes and memes when we're talking about a person. So, um, let's get into the mailbag. We got a lot of questions after Sean's call out. Um, and if there's any breaking news as we're talking, we can get into that, but it's uh, seven o'clock on a Thursday in the middle of July. And I doubt there's going to be anything that happens. <laughs> Knock on wood. No, this is, this or is do we the, want something to happen? This is when the Carl's, this is when the Carl's. Yeah. Eric Carlson's about to get traded just, to. You're, temp, you're tempting fate here. Yeah. He's actually been traded to the Ottawa senators. <laughs> or, uh, uh, no. Fabian Zetterland or whatever. <laughs> just reversed what? it. I, uh. What are you talking about? You mean Eric Brandstrom? Yeah, I mixed up I mixed up their bad trades. Sorry. <laughs> um, Whoops. All right. Let's get to the mailbag because we don't really want to talk about Eric Carlson for the New. 15th time this week. Respectfully. We think he's great. Congrats on the Norris King. I voted <laughs> bad, for you. It's I bad, voted for you. <laughs> bad, but, time to, bad time to be a hockey writer based in Pittsburgh during the most boring time of... Yeah. of uh the calendar because all like i i'm con constantly whatever I, I love going on the radio i'm not not complaining about that but it's always like hey what's what's going on it what's going on with eric carlson and the penguins like nothing. uh <laughs> nothing probably nothing new it seems like we're pretty much in a holding pattern here and that's gonna be the case really realistically yeah. until the sharks decide what they want to do yeah i was guest hosting on sportsnet 590 in Toronto this week because it's MLB All-Star break so everyone disappeared for the week and I didn't even <laughs> think twice when they were like hey you want to backfill like, bring yeah! it bring in the subs <laughs> Woohoo! and uh, we had Sean on the radio to talk about Eric Carlson <laughs> so yep um, that's right we'll save we'll save Sean from that because really anything you need to know Josh Yoey's got you covered Rob Ross has yeah, got you Josh covered and, they've got Josh great stuff and we've talked about it over the last couple of weeks here. So to the mailbag, we'll start with this one from Julian McKenzie, our colleague. Start, bench, cut. Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews. <laughs> Is this fantasy? I don't this seems know. Like a, this seems like a fantasy thing. No, just like real life. Real life. You, Yeah, you have two... Well, this doesn't even make sense. Yeah, let's just say it's a fantasy thing. I don't know. You're roster building. You have to start one, bench one, cut one. You have to put one player over the boards, and you have to pick between those three. Why are you making this so complicated? Because I deliberately <laughs> I left this one out. I did not like this question from, from Julian. Thanks a lot, man. Oh. You start You start Connor McDavid. Oh, you bench Nathan McKinnon, and you cut Austin Matthews. How about that? The American cut the only American? Sign a contract, bro. He has one year <laughs> left on his deal. I'm keeping the guys. If this is like roster building, I'm keeping the guys that are caught that are cost controlled and locked up. <laughs> yeah, the two highest paid p- players in the NHL. Hey, at least they're, they're cost controlled. Guess what? They're about the, to not be. Two of the <laughs> Do you think Austin Matthews is going to be the richest player in the league? Yes. I do. Ooh. How about that for a short, direct answer? You don't want to like guess he what he's going to make. What am you I, think it's going to start guess? with a thirteen? Thirteen million dollars for five yeah. years. 
I think that's... Did Leafs fans just vomit? (laughs) He's looking for $16 million for five years. (laughs) For three. For three. For three. (laughs) God. (laughs) That would just be disgusting. For who? Um, (laughs) Not me. It's just so much money. Um, Okay, this is actually an interesting one. This is from Reed Logan. If you had to pick a surprising team to miss the playoffs, who would be your bet? So like if we had to make like way too early predictions, <laughs> who's a team that you think is going to miss the playoffs this season? A team that I think is like kind of a spicy a spicy team to miss would be would, like, be, the, would be the Boston Bruins. I don't think that's spicy. To miss to miss the playoffs you wrote in those predictions being like uh yeah because i planted the seed i'm the one who said it i'm the only one who has the who has the courage to put this take out there in the universe i don't think there's a lot of people who are picking the boston bruins to miss the playoffs i think maybe they're saying they'll take a step back okay i was going to go with the florida panthers I think we're thinking the same way there because like you I you look at the Atlantic Division and there's always going to be a good team that misses that there's going to be a good team that misses out there regardless of who it is. Mhm. Tampa falls off. That, that would actually be spice. That that's something that I don't think anyone would pick cuz it's like I'll believe it when I see it. And if they've got Vasilevsky. If Pittsburgh gets its shit together to some degree and if the Sabres level up like so many people expect them to. Those are two teams that were out of the mix last year that you know, would be a little bit farther in it this year. Someone's mm-hmm. got to go. And I think the Atlantic Division is, you know, it's got a lot of heavyweights in it, but I feel like they're a little bit more primed to beat each other up over the course of the season maybe and then have someone, you know, on the outside looking in when it comes to the wild card race. Mm-hmm. Do the Islanders make the playoffs next year? Oh, man. I, I feel like... That's I, a tough I always, one. I don't know where I land on them. I think the reason a huge part of... He, I don't want to discount Ilya Sorokin when what he did last year and mm-hmm. you know having a full year of Bo Horvat with Matt Barzell and like figuring that out. Like That's a huge variable. Maybe it works out. Right? Like it's, yeah. of, course, of course it's possible. I think it's tough to bet on a goal... like. It's tough to bet on a goalie having another season like the one Elias Sorokin just had. And he was such a huge part about getting them in there in the first place that mm-hmm. I don't think I love, you know, writing them in pen to be think the first how, wild card again, that's for sure. Think of how long it took Shesterkin to get back to his MVP Vesna caliber level this season after, you know, being the guy. And Islanders, the Rangers, Islanders fans hate the year before. Islanders fans hate hearing this shit because I, I I get they yell at me constantly. But you know, I'm sorry, it's, it's a mailbag. Yep. <laughs> Oops, mailbag. Because I'm just thinking, if the Penguins make the playoffs in the Metro, who's the team that they're knocking out? It's the Islanders. Sure, maybe it's maybe they're in it because the wild card race, but. In terms of like divisional the team question, right, making but, uh, the playoffs, sure, but, I think they bump out the Islanders. I agree, but the you know the, going back to the question, it wasn't like what does the Eastern Conference playoff field looks like. It's like like what? No, like, I was just going. I was veering off the question no, to talk about early predictions for next season. 
Uh, by this this time last year, I think I was picking the Calgary Flames to win the Stanley Cup. So <laughs> what the hell do I know? I don't know if that came in July or before the season, but it happened. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. But, like, yeah. I, again, going back to the original question, I, I don't think anybody would be all that surprised if the Islanders if the Islanders uh, fell off a bit because they made the playoffs by two points. You know, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh and Buffalo both finished out of the playoffs with 91 points to two behind the Islanders. Yeah. And I think you're looking at both of those teams potentially, you know, have a, should be better on, they're better on paper than they were last year. They've fixed some of the problems that, that, uh, that they had during the regular season. So I don't know. I pick, yeah. pick one of the pick one of the Atlantic Division big boys. I, I feel like is 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 my is my approach there. Yeah, my my pick was the Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Montour's hurt. Aaron Ekblad hurt. Like he's going to miss the start of training camp um, after playing through a broken foot and oblique tear, and he was going through so- shoulder surgery. Excuse me. Uh, Brandon Montour hurt as well. Uh, Matthew Kachuk's expected to be okay for the start of camp, but like he broke his sternum in game three of the cup final. Um, lots of guys are hurt on the Panthers and they lose Radko Gudis. They trade Anthony Duclair. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if there's a team who might um, unexpectedly or expectedly take a step back, it's it's going to mm-hmm. be Florida. On the Western end of things, I don't know if this would be necessarily a surprise, but are we sure the LA Kings are going to be a 104 point team again? Cause those boys have Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot as their goalies right now. But they just added Pierre-Luc Dubois. It's true, but full season of Phoenix Copley and or Cam Talbot, who's 37 or 38 now. Don't like that. If I'm a contender, yeah. that's a major, major, major question mark and the look but the quick wild- wasn't exactly giving them great goaltending for the first half of the season no he was terrible and so is and obviously so is so is calvin peterson i mean yeah copley and came in and he copley came in and he was fine and that was good enough to you know get him in the mix and then corpusalo was better than corpusalo was outstanding and, and yeah. was paid as such by the auto senators i i yeah. don't i don't like that goaltending but i think the variable for la is that uh the bottom of the Western Conference playoff picture, like the wild card race, I think it's thin. Like, I, like I, even if you don't like Phoenix Copley or Cam Talbot, like, how much less do you like them? What are you, you going to have? You, Predators? Flames? Yeah. Canucks to do it over I mean, the, the course of the season? I the Jets aren't going to be a playoff team. So. If the Jets end up making as many trades as people were saying, like if Mark Shifley and Hellebuck are going to be on the way out, Blake Wheeler on the way out, like there's no way that the Jets are a playoff team. And like, I mean, pending what those trades end up being, but this is what I mean. Like there was all all this talk about all these huge trades and it's like, well, what's going on? You know, you traded Pierre-Luc Dubois, but you still have Shifley and Wheeler and Hellebuck. And those guys have said that like, they're not going to be re-signing in in Winnipeg. So what are they just going to have one last hurrah and hope for the best and then lose them all for nothing? All you've done here is just make me realize how much more meat there is on the bone. Yeah. Of the off season. Like I thought we were I thought I thought we were done. I thought I could really slide into who gives a <laughs> shit mode. I can't. I can't because of the flames and the jets and Eric Carlson. Damn you. And Tarasenko and Patrick Kane's on ice right now. I'm not skating. He had hip surgery, but Okay. Um, but yeah, um, I'm not on board. I don't think LA is going to miss the playoffs, but I can appreciate 
you trying to go off the board with <laughs> it. That's a West the question. The, 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 the question. The question is asking us to go off the board. Now, do I have the guts to sit here and pretend that I, that I don't think the Oilers are going to make you the playoffs next season? You don't have the no. guts to say that the Minnesota Wild are going to miss the playoffs. You don't want to go up against the Russo army. You know what's funny? You could just sit here and like... <laughs> Colorado Avalanche. You know? Yeah, that'd be so surprising. Gabriel, Gabriel Landeskog. <laughs> He's not coming back. Like, do we think they've like? Do we really no. think that Jonathan Drouin can can like produce in a scoring? Like, considering don't do that in every because the, those Avs fans are so mean in the comments. <laughs> what did you do? You you made them mad. It was it was a, it was a Macar thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I said he was. I said he was out indefinitely when Bednar said that there was no timetable, and they were like, "You're a hat." <laughs> I was like, shit, sorry. And I read that like from a reporter. I was like, dang. Distinction without difference, I, I think, is And then is the he missed there. like three weeks. And I was like, seems like that was indefinite. Anyways, uh, the other part of it, I don't want to upset them. It, uh, as far as the wild the are sec- concerned, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, 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 brought up, you brought up the wild. Here's the thing about the wild. Here's the thing about the <laughs> Roos Army. Is if I were like, they're my pick to fall off. Half of them would be like, You're of right. course they're going to fall off. That team sucks ass. They're terrible. And then the other one would be like, this is bullshit. You're biased. Like, like this you're is, the this dumbest is idiot elite, I've ever met. This is an elite NHL team. There's Everybody yeah. thinks that team either 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 you know sucks on ice or, <laughs> or is one of the three best teams in the league. Yeah. the uh, In the way too early season predictions um, that you and Shane and Jesse did without me because I was under the weather. Uh, migraine. Are you sure about that, by the way? Okay. Migraine. I had a migraine and I couldn't look at a screen for a day and a half. So yeah, I'm sure that I was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys kind of did the blurbs and I noticed in the comments of it was a wild fan being like, oh, Minnesota in the middle, yawn. And then a wild fan co- responded being like, yeah, they'll probably fall off from there too. <laughs> and so it's like absolutely right. Yeah, it's like, fine, yeah. make it, make, make the second round. Just once. Yeah. Go ahead. I want to really like them too. I I liked the team like heading into the playoffs and everything. And so I was like, yeah, this is a this is a really good team. I like what Bill Guerin's done. Um, so I find myself getting into that trap with wild fans as well. Very uh volatile. Um, the second centers. half of that question was who is your surprising team to make the playoffs? Oh man. Um realistically, who would shock anybody here? How about this? I'll go. I'll go with the Vancouver Canucks. Are you just saying that because it'd be shocking, or you think yeah. it's going to happen? I think it's no, shocking. No, it but needs I... to be like a surprising bet. Like you need to like bet that they're going to make the playoffs, not I just be like this think, would be a surprise. I don't think that the Western Conference is very good. I think Thatcher, if Thatcher Demko comes back and he's the dude that he was the year before last, if Pedersen is a superstar, if they get anything resembling. NHL caliber defense from, you know, from that group. I mean, look, look, do you look the Jets? Do I do I think the Canucks are that much worse on paper than the Jets are going to be? No. Calgary, a disaster who, who might sell off a bunch of players. Vancouver finished behind Nashville last season. Granted, it was by nine points, but like. And Buffalo's think, not a surprise, it, you know, like to say that be, the Sabres, uh-huh. that wouldn't be like a surprise bet. That's just like, yeah, they're trending in the right direction. They could make the playoffs. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bad teams. How about that? A lot of yeah. bad teams. I think you need to go a little bit farther down than Buffalo or 
you know, or Calgary to, or to, to actually pick one that would be surprising. Detroit, I think I, Max Boltman did a good job of outlining uh, after after they traded for the Brinkett, like saying like how they could they could realistically be a 90 point team and 90 points like that gets you in the discussion. Do you think that adding, like, do you personally think that adding to Brinkett is enough to make the Red Wings a playoff team? Detroit finished with 80 points last year. I think, I think adding a middle of the lineup center, another one in JT Comfort, and adding Alex to Brinkett. And if you bake in some improvement from, or a bounce back, or however you want to describe it, for Cider and for Raymond, and if you get some, some other contributions from young guys, I don't think it's impossible to see them, to see them in the discussion. I think the Atlantic is a bear trap though. So that's going to be a problem for that. Like that's going to be tough, but I, I don't think, I don't think it's crazy. Detroit stunk last year, but guess what? They also, fi- they also finished with 80 points. Like you're talking about five extra f- wins over the course of a regular season. And, and you're kind of within spitting distance, like given what they've done, I don't think it's crazy. I think I, I think forgot about the JT. Com- <laughs> I forgot about the JT Comfer signing. I've got to be honest. I mean, it's under it's understandable. Like, there's stuff that I've I forgot that Devin Levi was Canadian on the on the Tuesday show a couple of days ago. <laughs> oh, <laughs> things happen. Ooh, we're expected I mean, to know so much, you know. <laughs> he was really so un- good for Team Canada like two years ago. <laughs> I don't give a shit. You think, you think I? You think I? I don't care about Canadian international hockey. Well, you cared enough about Devin Levi. To give him some kind of award that you no, didn't, I just but you a, didn't I, know his nationality. He was, he was a he was a he was a nominee. I had a brain fart because he went to because he went to Northeastern. North I just I just I, I, that was the the irony too. That was like a running joke throughout the show. Was like I was joking about not knowing Fantilli was Canadian until the World Juniors, which what which was not true. But then I also went and very sincerely forgot that Devin Levi didn't grow up in you know Vermont or something. Jesus. <laughs> Whoops. Oopsies. Um, yeah, I feel like Detroit, Ottawa, Buffalo are kind of the answers in the East. And I think Vancouver's Vancouver's a fun one in the West. Definitely. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Okay. We had one kind of like, please just tell me about how amazing Tim Stutzla is question. But I'm going to... Two, in fact. (laughs) Well, no. One of them was kind of a joke and the other was actually like... A question like yeah. what do you think about Tim Stutzla as a hockey player and do you think he has what it takes to be one of the best centers in the league if he isn't already and this is kind of tough for me because 
Like, is Tim, can we say that Tim Stutzla is a, a top 10 center in the NHL right now? We had our kind of planning discussion about the NHL, about the player tiers mm-hmm. yesterday or earlier this week. Um, without giving too much away, um, I think Stutzla is there. I think like the question he needs was, to be in the top 100 this time. He like cer- he didn't certainly, but is. he didn't make it last year. And you and I had this debate while you guys were doing that. And I mm-hmm. was like, uh, who was it that made it? It was Tara Vinen. I think Tara Vinen made it at the end over Stutzla. And I was like, that is a huge and mistake. The, I, I not to throw anybody on the bus. All I'll say is that was not my mistake. <laughs> like I, um, I was for putting, I was for putting Stutzla on the list. I think he deserved to be on it last year. He certainly does. He's it was there. Corey he, Pronman's fault. I'm just kidding. I don't. Uh, I. You know what? Honestly, I don't think. It, I don't think it was. I don't think it was Corey either. It wasn't Corey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's there. He's he's top 15 at 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 minimum. That's going to be reflected, I think, in his placement there. Obviously, we still have to talk to people and finalize the list and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um. But so he can is, we, he's there already, and he's capable of making a Jack Hughes level leap into like is yes. he top fives? Like he's he's you want to talk about him being thirteenth or fifteenth or whatever? That dude is there now. It's a matter okay. of how far he can level up this coming season. I want to break this down a little bit because I do like Tim Stutzla. I obviously covered the Sens when he was their draft pick. You know, I see a lot of potential. He's you know going to be better than Alexi Lafreniere. Blah 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 blah. Like I think I have some cover here. I said that. Yeah, I think he. I think he is going to be better than Alexi Lafreniere. Okay, when you s- saying that in his draft year was like <gasps> clutch, mm-hmm. p- clutching pearls. Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about, dumb dumb? Like, even Quentin mm-hmm. Byfield. Like, he's not better than Quentin Byfield. Blah blah blah. Anyways, significantly better. Think... On track to be significantly better than both those guys. Absolutely. Like he's doing laps around them. He's, he's so quick. Like he skates well, like he can score, he can make plays. Like he had 90 points last year. He's 21 years old. I loved him. Stutzla. Let me just say, is that putting the blinders on because we liked him? Stutzla. Like there's a lot of really freaking good centers in the NHL right now. And mm-hmm. this is my, this is my problem. Cause who like, Let's just, let's say we consider Leon Dreisaitl a center, right? We consider Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, Elias Pettersson, Jack Hughes, Sidney Crosby, Mika Zibanejad, Austin Matthews, like Evgeny Malkin, Nico Heischer. You met, you've, you're already mentioning guys that I have behind Stutzla. You have... You have that. So that's my question is like, I'm mm-hmm. thinking of like guys who outscored him or guys with like the pedigree. You have Tim Stutzla ahead of like a, a player right now. Do you have him ahead of Malkin? Yes. Do you have, yes. is he better than Tage Thompson to you? Yes. Interesting. Better than Zabana Jed. Yes. Not better You're than Jack Hughes. Not better than no, Jack Hughes. No. But not like, better than Pedersen. Here's what I'll say. Not better than Pedersen. But when you're talking about Tage Thompson, what was the other one you said? Tage Thompson. Mika. Zabanajad. Nico Heischer. Dylan Larkin. Barkov. Nico Barkov, maybe not. Rupe Hints. No, he's not better than Rupe Hintz. So this is my problem where I don't he's think right. I put, I don't think I put Tim Stutzla top 10 yet. 
I think he could no. be. He's but like he's in prob- that like five tier. He's like rounding out the top fifteen. He's in the group of a bunch of guys who you would be completely fine saying are are thirteenth through seventeenth. Yeah. And like, he wait, if it- maybe more than anybody is in a position other than maybe Tage Thompson, because Thompson was a sneaky, sneaky bad, had a, a sneaky rough defensive year last mm-hmm. year. And that that hurt that hurts when you're picking hairs, absolutely, but this is what we're dealing with when you're, you know, differentiating between players that are that that are that good. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of maybe Tage Thompson, Stutzla has when you're talking about the group of ten to twenty, let's say mm-hmm. he's got more upside than anybody, and part yeah. of that, like leapfrog potential, a hundred percent, he can yeah. have the Jack Hughes year, which is something a lot of people predicted, and it's guess what, it happened, it came true, because mm-hmm. that dude is. Such a talented offensive hockey player in yeah. so many different ways. So fun to watch, right? Like, it, aside from his aesthetically, he's great. He's a blast to watch. But there's so much substance to his game, and there's so much variance to the way that he gets the job done. Like, he's really good yeah. on the rush, and he's really good on the cycle, and he's a great, he's a great passer, shot. and he's a great finisher. Like, it is tough to find a hole on that dude offensively. Mm-hmm. And even still, for as great as he was last year, and also I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to make it sound like he's like miles behind Hughes from a production standpoint because he's not. Like his, the no, season he had, 90, he, he had ninety points last season. The season he had last year was better than the season Jack had two two ago. So I don't want to. It's not yeah. an apples to apples comparison, but that guy has another gear, and a lot of it has to do with power play production because Ottawa's power play was Poo-poo. messy last year, just generally, but. That dude just can say, do it. Just, just say poo-poo. I'm wary <laughs> about the words I use to describe the Ottawa Senators because I've run afoul of them in the past with some... <laughs> some, uh, some, oh, sh- some. come on. We can laugh. Like, if you can't laugh at him in that Gallagher moment... Like, I agree. We, we, I agree. We love Tim Stutzel. He's a gift. We just bumped his tires but like that one dive specifically that you hey, were making fun of that sense fans got mad at you for like that it was is rough. in the past all we're here all i'm here today is get is to gas up tim stutzel and say that i think he's the seventh best center in the league yeah. or whatever yeah he's he's awesome we love him yeah. he's, he's, a, he's a blast to watch that is as important to me as anything else as someone who has to watch hockey professionally that dude is turning into musty tv uh-huh and there is totally. a lot of value in that. And that's what makes me really hopeful. Like, I do hope this next era of the Sens, I don't know what maybe might still be up the sleeve. It sounds like they might be in on Tarasenko. Um, I really do hope that's a team that can, like, really turn it around in a meaningful way. Like, at the start of the season, too. Like, don't be terrible for a couple months, then be okay, and then be really good at the end, and then miss the playoffs. Like, I think... The Sens being good and relevant again is going to be a good thing because there's so much like young, exciting talent on that team. Like I love watching Brady Kachuk play hockey. Josh Norris, I really hope him and, and mm-hmm. uh, Shane Pinto can stay healthy. I mean, Jake Sanderson is an unbelievable talent on the blue line. He was on my uh, Calder ballot, by the way. Uh, I don't think he got enough love for the Calder um, for the amount of minutes and the role that he played on that team. Uh, also, if, you know, what's really Corp- weird and annoying is mm-hmm. that the, uh, the NHL doesn't list Stutzla as a center on their stats yet. Cause he was on the wing at first. 
Typical. But like typical he's going to be the number one bullshit. center. He's going to be the Sens' number one center next season. Yeah. So now I can't and even track where he ranked in like center scoring last season. So if, that's annoying. If they get, if post hip surgery, Eunice Corposalo is, you know, if, if that holds up, because mm-hmm. that's the thing that I know everyone wanted to laugh at the Corposalo deal. And it is, it's a lot of money. He doesn't have it. It's a risk. You know, it's a risk. Every goal is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. You know, there's something to be said for the fact that he had a hip injury that was bothering him for years that he got fixed and then looked fantastic after. And if that holds, if that's the guy he is, the guy he was with Columbus at the start of the season and then the Kings down the stretch, like, look out. They're going to be really, really, really interesting. Yeah. There are reasons to be optimistic about Corpus in that contract and Mm -hmm. reasons to be, like, Ooh, that's risky. So we just got to wait. We just got to wait and see. Because look, the amount of time he played after the hip surgery, it's still pretty small. Like that could have just been a standard goalie heater. Like we we don't know. But if if that's who he is, if he gives anything approaching what he gave the Kings down the stretch reliably over the next however many years, man, that is a group to to fear, I think, if you're you're in the Eastern Conference. Is Hintz in your top 10? Centers in the league is hints in my top 10 centers. Now I kind of just want to, I just kind of want to do this now. Top 10 centers in the NHL heading into next season. Um, the locks. That's a great question. David, Dreisaitl, Crosby, McKinnon, Hughes, Matthews. Here's, here's, here's a preliminary list. Like are those locks for you? Those six. This is based on, I wasn't listening to what you were saying because I was trying to find my list. Okay. I was I I have an actual list here because this is what I spent a day doing like earlier in the week. Right, but I was providing a list based McDavid, on my thoughts on the players. This is my actual list. Okay. McDavid, Matthews, McKinnon, Drysidel, Hughes, Patterson, Crosby, Point, Barkov, Aho. Stutzla. Oh, no hints. Hints is next, and then Heischer. I think Robertson's the guy on that line. That is that is a decision that I've that I made over the course of the end of last season. I think really? he's the guy. He was and last Rope year. Hints was so good in the playoffs. Doesn't mean doesn't mean that the look man. We have like I turned in <laughs> a list. Where I have Rupa Hints as a as a tier as a two B tier player, that's still pretty good. Yeah, there's just as I said with the Stitzler conversation, like there's just so many good centers in the league right now. I don't even know if in the six that I said, I don't even know if I said Hughes is a lock in the first time I was doing the top ten. I don't think I mentioned Austin Matthews. Like there's so many good centers, but I think mm-hmm. the fact that we both agree that Tim Stitzler is in that like fifteen. 12 to 15 I, range. I just like, I have, to, at, I have him at 10, I think. And I, yeah. Now, now, now that I'm looking at it, a lot. And is some of that player. projection, like, absolutely. Was he the 10th best center in the league last year? I don't think so. No, but, but we're saying heading re- into next season. Is it reasonable to expect him to be a top 10 center this year? Absolutely. Absolutely. Very interesting. I feel like I might, I feel like I'd push back a bit on 
Rope Hints because I think he's like an all situation center who was a point per he's game great. player last he's year, great, but, but who then almost the scored forty goals. He's great. <laughs> who do you put him ahead of? You you you, what, you like him above Aho? You like him above Barkov? Yeah. Do you think you I like know, him more? Than, you like him? You like him more than Braden Point? And Bra- I think Braden Point was like one of the best <laughs> ninety point players that nobody talked about last season. Uh, and he was he was another one. He's another guy we need. I've had this. I continually talk about this with Dom too. Whenever we have when we have, we have these conversations, we need to keep track of players who who were dealing with injuries and then got them fixed. <laughs> and I think that was an issue for Braden Point coming into last season because he was just like in twenty one twenty two he just wasn't he wasn't himself. He was he was dealing with a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he was everyone saw the- how wrecked he was in the playoffs against the Leafs that season. Like that should just be that should just be like common sense, quite frankly. Like don't just look at a stat line and be like, this guy sucks now. Just maybe like think for two seconds, be like, oh, he actually it's like, common sense, destroyed but it's also, his li- It's common leg. sense, but it's also like a little bit of guesswork because of how dishonest teams are about who's hurt and who's not. So sure. whatever. But fair. If you have it on reasonable information, if you have reasonable information that a guy was was dealing with something. And is no longer and had a full off season of training or a full off season of rest or some kind of procedure to fix it. And it's not heavy duty Patrick Kane level hip resurfacing or whatever BS is going on there. You say like, all right, if the track record is there, you need to trust it. And I think mm-hmm. in Braden in Braden, Braden Point is a great example of that. Yep. Um, okay, let's move on. I think we provided Sens fans with a lot of nice things about Tim Stutzla. I'm glad we could actually do that exercise because at first I was like, is he top 10? Yeah, it's conceivable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, okay, here's a bit more of a fun one sandwiched in with with all our hockey talk. If the Athletic Hockey Show hosts and co hosts were on a reality TV show like Survivor, who would be voted off first and who would be the last one standing? I love this question. I think this stuff is super fun. Julian McKenzie did like a five on five Americans versus Canadians ball hockey team uh, that I made. I, I was very rightfully not, not Sean was not included. <laughs> Danielle was included, but as like a forward, even though she's like very clearly a goalie because she's so strange. <laughs> it's also, it's a real Theo flurry so situation. <laughs> real Theo flurry situation. If Danielle's playing of maybe, well, maybe not. Theo. That's a bad example. Mm. Say uh, Nathan <laughs> Gerby situation if she's playing up. Perfect. <laughs> Danielle's just gonna like be less ratty, Corey Perry. Yeah, I'm gonna run by the bench and steal <laughs> Haley's stick while she's still sitting yeah. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. scrappy, scrappy do for Corey Perry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some water in her little, gloves. Little, she's little, discount, t- little discount tiny Corey Perry. Perry. Yeah, <laughs> five foot three, Corey Perry. <laughs> How tall are you, Danielle? Uh, let's say let's say five three. <laughs> I'm five two. Oh, I'm tiny. That's so cute. Um, I noticed too that uh, Laz when he when he picked Jesse as the goalie, he cited him having a size uh, advantage, which I take offense to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, Jesse Jesse's tall. Jesse is a he's playing he's you know played a lot of goalie in his life he's he plays yeah. I know he's still playing men's league and stuff he's yeah. young enough young enough to keep that going yeah it's okay yeah I'm just um, I'm I'm the I'm the water boy so it's fine so the real person if we were gonna do like all staff 
to win Survivor, it would be Dan Robson. Mm-hmm. But he's not an athletic hockey show host. So Dan's Dan can't win. But if, if he was Robson, Robson is in good shape. Oh I think God. he's like he's like an outdoors guy. He's so he's sweet the and sweetest so smart. person that anybody's ever met. I, I don't know if I don't know if Dan, <laughs> I will say this. I don't know if Dan has the has the uh, cutthroat vindictiveness that's necessary to, to truly succeed in Survivor. Dan's got so, two kids. I think he'd be fine. <laughs> like I think you know what? I think I think Robson, as we discovered in Nashville, he's got some he's got some sneaky sneaky things up his sleeve. Let's just let's just say that. Robson's the best. He would beat all wow. of us in like any game show ever, whatever. But in terms of athletic hockey show, first off the island is Corey Pronman. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I just have to say it. I gotta rip the band-aid off. Um I don't know if he's ever been camping. I have never seen him outside. <laughs> I just, I just I I'm, don't let, I'm letting you think, cook on this one. I don't think it would work out well for Corey. Okay. His only alliance is with Max. And I just don't think that would go well for him. I think I think Max is biting <laughs> the dust pretty early too. Yeah. No, like they're they're starting an alliance on day one and everyone's just being like, see you later. Nobody cares about prospects. Max would quit. Um, I, Max would be like, <laughs> he'd be like, I I can't do I can't do this anymore. That would be it. No, but I'm I'm so sorry, but I do think Corey would be the first uh, voted off the island. Um, if it was like specifically like Survivor, I think that I would do pretty well. Mm-hmm. I took outdoor ed when I was in high school. I went on canoe trips. I've portaged. I've carried a canoe over my head. I have made a shelter Isn't out canoe, of nothing every, but rope. Hey. <laughs> What a do little, they do a, on a little bit too much. A little bit too much of this of hey, your, of your argument me. for your listen to me. Listen a to me. Of, I've made a fire. Much. I have made a fire with sticks. <laughs> Out I of have canoes. Made, you keep, you keep bringing up this work you've done with canoes. This isn't this isn't canoe class. I could survive. And I, I could, think I have fooled enough people into thinking that I'm like nice and cool that I could make it, but I wouldn't make like the finale. You know, I would, I would be the one that goes home like two weeks before the finale. I think you would do pretty well for a while. Yeah. I think Ian Mendez would think, overplay I, his hand and get kicked <laughs> off on week four. <laughs> I think Ian would like be the one who keeps getting caught on camera, like double crossing. He'd have like too many alliances and everyone would trust him because he's so nice. And then everyone would find out. So I think Ian would go home mid season, you know, fourth week. Uh, Who would win? Oh God. I think McIndoo could do well. You know what? It's probably Russo. (laughs) Oh wait, would Russo go home first? Cause he'd be like, I don't even want to be here. I don't think Russo would make it to the island. Russo would Russo would do one day without coffee, and then he'd call Delta oh. to fly him out of there <laughs> specifically. It'd be like they would have the uh, like he would get cut out in post production because like he didn't actually stick around for a while, so Russo would never actually be there. I think Mendes, Who would win? I think I think it's Mendez. I disagree. I don't think Mendez wins. That's fine. We can disagree he knows on too this. too much. I think it would be McIndoo. I think he would just camouflage himself somewhere. 
Oh, I guess, you know, it's not the Hunger Games. It's what are you talking? Like, what do you think <laughs> happens on Survivor? I never watched Survivor. I think Mac and Dude would do well. It's Mendez. I'll tell you, you know who I vote off first? Craig. Custons. Craig Custons. Hit the road. He wouldn't even be invited. He's not a host anymore. Just blow it off. Who even hosts these shows? Who else? Who are we missing? <laughs> Craig would Craig would miss it because he had a meeting. Yeah, he'd be like, "I'm actually like a boss now. I I can't go on this island." <laughs> Next question. <laughs> yeah. Um, top five or ten cities that should get a team in the new North American women's. This team. is all you. But I think you, okay, so my- Well, you actually maybe shouldn't to, answer this question now that I think about it. I think it's fine. It's fine. This okay. is just my opinion. I don't know the original six. It's changed so many times. If I would have said the first original six that I heard, I would look like an idiot because mm-hmm. it'd be wrong. But if I had to pick, and like money's not an issue, like if I had to pick my original six and it could be anywhere in North America- Oh, okay. I would go Toronto, Montreal. I would only have two Canadian teams to start. I'd go wow. Toronto, Montreal, Boston, DC, Minnesota. And it's like, do I want Pittsburgh? Because I, I keep thinking Pittsburgh because I've been to two events in Pittsburgh and the Penguins have been like great allies and business partners to mm-hmm. the PWHPA and to the PHF. So I, I do kind of lean towards Pittsburgh because they've put on such great events, but I also feel like you kind of want a team in Chicago, um, especially if you have a team in Minnesota. I kind of want to do eight teams, honestly. I'm going to do eight. I'm going Toronto, okay. Montreal, Boston, Chicago, Minnesota, D.C., Pittsburgh, and then like a New York. Yeah. Or a Detroit. Or a Detroit. I think you have to have a New York team. And like a New York, yeah, like Metro team. That Mm -hmm. would be my eight right there. And then when you expand, and then when you expand, you go Seattle, Vancouver. And then an LA team. I think event and eventually you can have twelve teams and have Chicago and Minnesota be part of the Western Conference. You'd have six Eastern Time Zone teams. Mm-hmm. You could have Chicago and Minnesota as the central, and then you have Vancouver, Seattle, LA. Yeah. In you know, I think Nashville could be a good spot too. Like eventually, we're thinking like ways down if you want to keep branching out. Don't you think that'd, that'd be fun? I know the players would love it. So Hockey when I did, when I did the um, women's hockey player poll, the anonymous player poll, I asked the players themselves, yeah. "Where do you want? Like, if you could pick an original six, where would it be?" And there was one player I won't name her because it was anonymous, but like they were one of my like favorite players to talk to. And they were like, hmm, Palm Springs, yeah. <laughs> Florida, I was gonna rip. I was going to rip that off for my own. Give me six. No, it was five warm spots. You know, I can't actually say the final one because it would totally, uh, you know, it's fine because I included it. It was like, give me five warm places and then Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, geez. Everyone's going gonna to know that it's the, it's the, it's the 
PWHPA player from Wisconsin. Yeah, like all there's 25 a zil- there's of them a zillion <laughs> played at Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Um, who won that one? Let me look this up quickly because I think that would give you a peek at. I and think I do Pittsburgh, think Pittsburgh was on the short list. I remember for that Pittsburgh one. Pittsburgh didn't make correctly. the final six. Um, but they were up there because players really like playing in Pittsburgh. A lot of players went with DC. A lot of players said Seattle because they just like they feel that players want to play where they can feel like they're professional. 100%. And they yeah. loved the way that they were treated in Seattle and loved the way that they were treated in DC multiple times. They also loved Pittsburgh too. Um so I found I think you, that to be a really good look. And when in doubt too, I would love putting these teams in cities that have six, that have really connected with their WNBA teams. Yes. I think I think that's important. I think Washington having a city so where there's sense. been true support and uh, affection for the WNBA and, and what, uh, financial success of the, of these teams. And that's where Washington looks great. And that's where like Seattle looks great. Like pl- places like yeah. that. So. so the top six results from the players were Toronto, Montreal, Chicago, Seattle, DC, Boston. The reason I don't have Seattle in my original six is it doesn't make sense to have one team uh, in the Pacific Northwest. And then it yeah. doesn't make sense to just have a Chicago. So if you're going to have a Chicago or a Minnesota, I think you need both. But let's say they don't, let's say that a new league wants to just be like in the Northeast. That's where you introduce, that's where like, if you just want it to be like Northeast, you go Toronto, Montreal, Pittsburgh, DC, Boston, like a Detroit, and then a New York. Yeah. If you're going to cut out. Mark Walter's a West Coast guy. He's a, he's an LA guy. I, to me, that's the only reason even you would even think that the first move could have anything to do with the West coast. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it's tough to, it's tough to imagine. Cause you want, you do want to keep travel costs down. You want to have it in cities where, you know, that part of the culture is, is, uh, is established. Um, yeah. but it's, it's really interesting. And I know just from talking to you and just how much the thinking has changed really over the last year. Like you said, if you had reported, the first six cities you heard nine months ago or whenever that was like mm-hmm. you'd have been, you'd have been proven wrong. Eventually that you, yeah. th- those cities would not have, would not have uh, crossed the finish line as far as that's concerned. So yeah, it's, There's, it's, it's really interesting though. There is so much logistics behind these kind of decisions as well. Like I almost feel like Pittsburgh could be on the outside looking in because mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to play at PPG. I the venue, don't think the it's venue real. F- yeah, issue here is a problem. I don't think it's realistic to say that they're going to play at the Lemieux Sportsplex full time no. unless they don't care about gate revenue. And then where else are you going to play? Like at a little community rink somewhere in the suburbs of Pennsylvania? Uh yeah, you're not going to be playing at you know Harmerville Blade Runners or whatever it's called <laughs> that nobody cares about. That's what it used to be called. Maybe maybe they will. I don't know. So. Here's where I'd like to see. Some of these venues are very small. We've seen we've seen the, the potential for, you know, whatever. A thousand it they're not looking at gigantic places. I would sincerely love it so much if 
the armory here in Pittsburgh, in the shady side neighborhood of Pittsburgh, which is it's it's now owned by the Penguins, and they have the rights to develop it after a whole back and forth with the city here. There's uh, Chatham Chatham University Hockey is involved with this, whatever. I would love it more than anything if they could find some way to to house the house the uh, a PWHPA league team in Pittsburgh at the Army. That would rule. And, yeah, and, why and, couldn't they play at the Chatham Hockey Arena? Because that I, that is um, there's all there. You know what? We we can I, yeah, we can sorry, have this conversation like later. This off. is <laughs> this is like this is way this is way off the beaten path. But but the the Armory development would rule. It's like three. It's very close to where I live. Selfishly, that would rule. I'll say that. But we'll we'll see what happens. The women's hockey program received a newly renovated locker room, complete with player stalls, a dry room, a training room, a player lounge, video room, two NHL size sheets. Maybe I'm writing off Pittsburgh for no reason. But the people that I have spoken to, they're like, there is just like so much that goes behind these decisions. Mm -hmm. And obviously they want to be in places where like women's hockey totally would work <laughs> and not all not all so. 600 seat venues or whatever are created equal like there's there's totally. a whole lot that goes into it just just beyond just beyond capacity totally um, do a couple more let's do a like quick hit fun one and then answer this other one like there's a couple of pretty good ones here actually okay this is a good one for you sean this is from jake pittsburgh Mm-hmm. Do you think that the fun. coming end of the Crosby area will, will hurt or stall the growth of hockey in the greater Pittsburgh area? Or do you think mm-hmm. there's enough young talent in the mix now that it will continue to thrive? It's a really great question. Um, what we've seen in player development in Western PA, really, there's like th- three windows. You have the Lemieux kids who are the ones who are coming of age and old enough to sign up for hockey whenever they were winning back-to-back cups in the early in the early 90s. There's a, a wave of kids. R.J. Umberger is one of them that came out of that group. Then there's like the Yager kids who were like in the mid-90s that, you know, kind of kept up the momentum. And then there's a little bit of a blip. And then you have the Crosby kids. And those are the ones who, going back to like, you know, do you want to go as far back as like Brandon Saad? Like, I don't know, but it's it, it's dating back a while. There's really good talent. Guys like Logan Cooley, who was the th- the third overall pick a couple a couple years ago. Those are the fruits of having Sidney Crosby, you know, be uh the face of that organization and one of the you know the best player in the league for 20 years. I don't know what happens after this. I don't know if we have that blip that came after the Lemieux Yager years in it in, in, in ahead of the Crosby years like do does stuff just carry you know is is there that lull I think that's I think that's kind of the question um mm-hmm. and I, I don't mean to give like a cop-out answer but I think that's just generally it's generally fascinating to me like if they don't there has been a transcendent superstar basically at the helm of this franchise going back to 1985 we don't know what it looks like without one of the couple best players in, in the league playing for it mm-hmm. and they're staring down the barrel of that gun, you know, right now. So who knows? It's going to be interesting. But I, and there's been some stuff in the past to suggest that it might that it might get funky, and there's been some stuff to suggest that it won't because all the bullshit that happened when like attendance here cratered that a lot of that was arena driven, ownership driven, whatever. That's apparently fixed. I don't know. We'll see. I don't mean to give you a, a cop out answer, Jake, but because it, because it's something I think about all the time. 
instead of uh, Sidney Crosby and the Penguins, you know, five years from now, you can watch Caroline Harvey and the Lady Penguins. The Lady Penguins? <laughs> Is that what we're calling them? The Penguinettes. That's even, the that's pengu- even worse. The Penguinas. Pittsburgh I would hate bridges. all of those. Uh, what's the deal with all those bridges? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, very quickly, because I do have an answer for this one. Back when you were fans of teams, what moment gave you the most joy as a fan? I think it's like very clear to people that I grew up as a Penguins fan. Went to a game at the old Mellon Arena before it, you know, blew up and became a parking lot. They blew it up <laughs> blew, on purpose. Blew up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. Well, they did. They I demolished mean, they did blow it up on yeah. purpose. It was like, it yeah. blew up. there was a gas leak and no. there, there it goes. No, N- nobody was harmed. Um, one of the biggest moments I look back on as a sports fan, like even not just being a Penguins fan, but like a, a hockey fan was the playoffs between the Caps and the Penguins with the ba- with the matching hat tricks between Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. Like I will never forget what it was like watching that game as a mm-hmm. sports fan, as a fan of the Penguins, as like a Penguins fan who hated the Caps because of the rivalry between those two teams who, you know, had like, a Sidney Crosby jersey on probably in the moment because he was just like larger than life to me. Just like Mm -hmm. the greatest player I'd ever seen. Um, That moment will like always stick with me as like, wow, this is the like greatest thing I've ever watched on TV. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, it was probably the Lemieux comeback in 2000 because I was old enough to be extremely, I, I was old enough to, be tapped into what was going like it happened at a weird time in history because that was like right before everybody got cell phones there was internet in schools but kind of only in the library so there was like rumors that were circulating in my high in, in i was 14 at the time like in, in mm-hmm. my high school and i remember taking a public bus home and getting off and calling my dad on a payphone to tell him to tell him that it happened and that for whatever reason, that one just like burned into my brain. The Crosby lottery was a big one too, because I was, in, I was in call, I was early in college at that point. Them, them yeah. uh, winning the Crosby lot- lottery in two thousand five was uh, was huge. I think there's I've told lot. the story. There's, there's a lot. There's a there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, I think I've told the story before. Obviously, the Golden Goal in twenty ten too, as a Canadian, and again as like a little. Crosby fangirl uh, growing up, I remember going into OT being like, Dad, wouldn't it be so cool if Sidney Crosby got the game winner yeah, at the Olympics? Little, uh, a, a little kid watching the, watching the Olympics. I was a little girl in 2010. I'm not 30 yet. Not today, Satan. Um, I also remember watching the Satan. I also remember watching the Crosby draft at an Eastside Mario's with my dad. It was great. Anyways, Eastside Mario's. They're like, you know what? Eastside Mario's used to slap. All you can, you'd go for lunch and you'd get, you know, their lunch special. You get the garden salad with the pepperoncinis in it. You get all you can eat breadsticks and you get a soup. You get the soup salad breadsticks for lunch. I just want to say, oddly enough, I don't have the same fond memories of the of the Crosby uh, lottery. (laughs) (laughs) I was talking about Eastside Mario's. Just saying. Uh, as yeah, I'm fan. sorry, Danielle. Danielle, I'm so sorry. Danielle made the exact same face as Brian Burke did whenever the whenever the ping pong ball dropped. <laughs> Just a devastating Just like, L like for Danielle. Gr- like gritting his teeth and shaking hands with uh, Ken Sawyer up on stage. 
dark, dark day. Don't get me started on Corey Perry as Blackhawk. Oh, That's Danielle. like a what, a what a knife twist that is. It's okay. She's having a hard summer here, folks. Hey, but you know what? Kudos to him for getting four million dollars. You get yeah, that, you know bag, Corey Perry. Aren't you happy it. for him? I am happy for him. He's gonna play. Look, he's gonna play on a top power play with Connor Bedard, and he's gonna <sighs> score. God, 28 goals or something. Yeah, he'll be fine. He's going to be worth be every penny. You know what? And I actually kind of like that Chicago went out and signed a bunch of people to play with Connor Bedard. I kind of I enjoy that they made an effort to field a roster. 100%. I love I love that the bad teams actually try to sign some good players this year. Got to got to yeah. cut the shit on that one. It's great. You know what? And I also forgot to mention, I think a pleasant surprise to make the playoffs next year would be Nashville. Low-key love GM Barry. That would just be like I don't think I don't really think it's gonna happen, but that would be one of those surprise teams. Anyways, um, sorry, Danielle, to end on such a sad note for for you in Southern California. But that's okay. all the time we have for today. We don't have any more time to talk about Corey Perry. The court this isn't the Corey pick. Perry cast. I thought that's I thought that's what we were <laughs> that's doing. Next week, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sean and I are taking next week off and Danielle's gonna talk about Corey Perry for an hour. Um, if you're great. interested in that, uh, make sure you subscribe to the Athletic Hockey Show. And if you're not an athletic subscriber, you can join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show to get an annual subscription for two dollars a month for twelve months. Thanks everybody. Um, Sean and I will be around this summer. We don't have a plan. Actually, this was the last ever Friday show. Sean and I are never going to speak again. I don't think you should joke about that, given the events of the last few days. <laughs> what, Craig? I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see if we're back. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry scores! Corey Perry! But just a great job by the Patience to wait out Cam Talbot right here. Let's Talbot make the first move and then puts it into the open cage for the game winner to go up 3-2. And the bench of the Ducks is ecstatic. One of the most remarkable wins in Duck history.